0: The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World.
1: And greetings, friends. Why were you born? Down through the centuries, mankind has always been searching for the real meaning of life. People have wondered, philosophers have wondered, ministers have wondered. No one has seemed to really understand the ultimate purpose of human existence. Picture this vast universe, the magnificent panorama of literally billions of stars out there indicate an awesome mind out there somewhere. This should indicate to most thinking people a tremendous purpose for this universe. And is there a purpose for mankind, a purpose for your life? Do you want to know and really understand why you were born in a way that makes sense, in a way that truly fits with ultimate reality? Well, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you genuine answers to this transcendent question that has puzzled mankind for centuries. I'm going to give you answers that you've probably never understood before, and they are proved, and they are clear in the inspired Word of God. Stay tuned. My friends, most of us sometimes step back and wonder about the ultimate purpose of life. I grew up in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains in southwestern Missouri. As a boy, I flew kites, I looked up to the sky, and I wondered. It seemed like there must be a real purpose for everything around me and for why I was born. One of my best friends in those days was named Jimmy Mallett. He and I wrestled together, little kids, wrestling for literally hundreds of hours like two little bear cubs rolling over and over in the Bermuda grass. Yet when I was 15 years old, Jimmy Mallett died in a wrestling accident of all things up in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Why, I wondered, why did God let Jimmy die? Why are we here? What's it all about? I began to study and to prove that there was a real God and that the Holy Bible was inspired of that God. Over time, I came to realize that the Bible gave specific prophecies about major cities and major nations that absolutely came to pass exactly as God inspired the Bible. I came to realize that the Bible was God's revelation to mankind to tell us the purpose of life and how to achieve that purpose in the Bible. In this book, Inspired of God, in the Bible, we read about that purpose, and we read about King David wondering about the purpose of life. As a young shepherd boy, David sat on under the stars and looked up to the heavens and wondered, He was inspired to tell us how God's mind is focused on human beings and on our purpose. Notice Psalms. Turn to the book of Psalms. Go get your Bible. I ask you to follow me in this program more than most because this is an unusual understanding. Very few programs have ever been given anywhere on earth that really explain this by anybody. The real purpose of life. Get it. It's in your Bible. It's been there all the time. I didn't put these verses in there. Prove these things. Don't believe me. You believe what you read in the pages of your Bible. Turn, if you would, to Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 8, and beginning in verse 3, and prove this magnificent understanding right out of your Bible. Psalm 8, verse 3, David was inspired to write, "...when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him?" For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him. God says he's crowned us through David with glory and honor. You have made him man to have dominion over the works of your hands, and have put all things under his feet, the sheep, the oxen, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that pass through the seas. O eternal, our Lord, how excellent is your name God is the supreme ruler of the universe. Yes, as David said, God has made mankind a little lower, or some translations have it a little while lower than the angels. When and how did God make man? God tells us in his inspired word how he created us. Turn to Genesis, the very first chapter, Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us... Make man in our image, the image of God, who was the Father and the one who became the Son, according to our likeness. Man was made after the likeness of God. He showed how each creature was made after his kind And then God made man after the God kind. He said, let us make him after our likeness and let them have dominion, rulership. From the very beginning, God intended rulership over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and everything. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God has made us in his likeness because he has made us in his image and given us the power to have mind, mind power, and to have dominion. Jesus Christ tells us that our ultimate destiny as Christians, get this, is not to go off to heaven and have nothing to do, but the Bible makes it clear that we are created to be like God or to be kings and priests in God's very government in his kingdom soon to be set up under Jesus Christ as king of kings. Notice now, Revelation, if you would, chapter 5. Revelation 5, verse 9. And they, the saints, sang a new song. Here's the song of the saints, inspired of God. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you have were slain and have redeemed us to God. Christ has redeemed us to God uh, by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation that have made us kings and priests. We're made to be kings and priests serving God, ruling over nations and cities under Jesus Christ, kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. It says this. Your Bible says that, not heaven. We shall reign on this earth. Can we begin to realize, my friends, the awesome authority and magnificence that we will have if we're true saints of God as members of God's kingdom, as members of God's coming government? Throughout the Bible, God tells us to be overcomers and increase our mental and spiritual capacity. In the parable of the nobleman, Jesus tells us about this and about the awesome reward that's ahead for the true saints of God. Notice, turn back there with me to Luke. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 19, and here... It says in verse 11, Luke 19 verse 11, as they heard these things, he'd been speaking parables. He spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought that as these Jews, that the kingdom of God would immediately appear. They thought the Jewish savior was going to come and kick the Roman armies out. Jesus didn't do that then. But he never told them the kingdom was a warm feeling on your heart. He showed them the ultimate reward is a kingdom, is a government, but it was going to come later. So he tells about the young nobleman that went off to a far kingdom to return. And when he came back, he gave his servants rewards, those who had overcome and those who had accomplished with what he gave them. He wanted to know how much each one had gained by trading. Verse 16, then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, notice what Christ said the reward is, rolling around heaven all day with nothing to do. Christ said to this nobleman representing Christ, or representing God the Father, well done, good servant, because you were faithful and a very little, have authority over ten cities. That's the reward, authority over Ten cities, a responsibility in the coming kingdom of God over ten cities. The second came saying, Master, your money has earned five monies. Again, what's his reward? Going off to heaven with nothing to do? No. He said, you likewise be over five cities. So it's reward that is given is to have authority over ten cities or five cities and have authority in the coming kingdom of God. And that's something we have to understand. All of Christ's descriptions of our life tell of his kingdom and what we're going to be doing. Ruling with him and accomplishing and learning to to rule and exercise authority in the government of God that's to be set up on this earth. For the very message he preached was called the kingdom of God. He preached that over and over. So we're all being prepared to be part of the divine government, the kingdom of God to be set up on this earth. It will be set up at Christ's return. Even the apostle Paul was inspired to tell us about our future in this way. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul writes, "'Dare any of you, you Christians, have a matter against another, "'go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints?' Why would you go down to the street to some carnal person who doesn't even believe in God or believe in His way at all? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? The saints are called to learn, to judge, to exercise judgment and authority, because that's why we're here. That's why we're called now. We could be called later in the coming millennium, but God has called us now. The saints will judge the world. And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? God wants saints to learn to submit to government and to learn to exercise judgment even among themselves. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Notice that. He tells us that over and over. We shall judge the world. We shall judge even angels. How much more things that pertain to this life. My friends, we're called now, because we're made in God's image, And we're called to be overcomers and develop the full character of Jesus Christ. Jesus said the overcomers will rule over cities and nations. Notice back in Revelation again, if you would, turn back to Revelation. And if you were this time, turn back to Revelation uh, chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 and beginning in Revelation 2 and verse 26. Christ is speaking here in the first person. He says, He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the potter's vessels shall be broken in pieces, as I also received from my Father. But he tells us to be overcomers, and that we will be given power over the nations as he has been given. My friends, think of the billions of people out there who are hurting, starving to death, even now being shot or tortured or humiliated all over this earth as full sons of God and the coming kingdom of God and the resurrection. You and I, if we overcome, will have power to stop all this. These people need our help. They're just waiting to be delivered by the kingdom of God. We're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. They're waiting to be delivered. They're waiting to be healed. They're waiting to be helped. As glorified rulers in God's kingdom, we'll be able to do this. And we'll be able to help them in a way we could not do in this life at all. At this point, my friends, I want to offer you one of the most exciting and encouraging and inspiring booklets you will have ever read in your entire human existence, and I mean this. This booklet should be encouraging and inspiring beyond most of your understanding. It's something, if you really understand it and meditate on it, it it is really awesome. This booklet tells you in detail the biblical proof and examples of the truly magnificent purpose for your life. So write for this booklet, call for it, write for it. It's entitled, Your Ultimate Destiny. This booklet will explain in greater detail than I can in this brief program the ultimate purpose of your human existence. You need it. It will open your eyes to why you were born. This booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny, will explain beyond anything you have ever read why you were actually born and given life. So call us or write us immediately. Pick up the phone, call us, and request your free copy of this booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny, And you can also order this booklet on our website at tomorrowsworld.org. You really will be very glad you did.
0: To receive this program's offer absolutely free. Or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
1: Again, the purpose for your life and mine goes far beyond what most philosophers and preachers even begin to understand. They don't get it. Most of them have not been called of God at this time. God has blinded this world, as the Bible says over and over. My friends, most of them have rejected the literal statements found right in your own Bible, so they don't understand. Yet these words have been there all the time. Notice what God tells us. God, the God of the Bible, tells us back in Romans, the book of Romans in your New Testament, chapter 8, verse 28. Follow me in your Bible. Prove it. See these words out of the inspired revelation from God. Romans 8 and verse 28. God says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, to be exactly like Christ, you see, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Christ was the firstborn of God. That implies, and state indicates clearly, others will be born as he has been born. Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. Then are his other brethren lower creatures, like sheep or cattle, Are Christ's full brothers not like Christ? What's going on? Think about it. Now turn to Romans chapter 1. Turn back to the first chapter then. And notice what it says here in Romans 1 and verses 3 and 4. This is concerning Christ, born of the seed of David, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead." Now notice what the apostle Paul said. He tells us about this ultimate birth and our ultimate purpose in Buck and Colossians now. Turn to Colossians if you would and see what God clearly reveals here in Colossians in 1 and verse 17, speaking of Christ. And He, Christ is before all things and in Him all things consist. And He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. Christ was born how? From the dead in the resurrection. Again, we find Jesus became a full son of God by being born or the firstborn from the dead by a resurrection. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 tells us the same thing. It says Christ is the firstborn from the dead. So my friends, others must also be born from the dead by a resurrection. And we have to understand that's the way God expresses it all the way through. We are born of God by a resurrection. Notice now as we go on. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2 now, my friends. Hebrews chapter 2 in your Bible. And I want you to notice this section of the Bible very, very carefully. It's magnificent when you understand it. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. The author of Hebrews must have been Paul. He says, for he has not put the world to come. This program is called Tomorrow's World. Paul calls it the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. He's not put this world under angels. And One testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the Son of Man, you see, he's quoting Psalm 8, which we've already seen. Or the Son of Man, that you take care of Him. You made Him a little lower than the angels. You crowned Him with glory and honor. You set Him over the works of your hands. You put all things in subjection under Him. God in His plan has put all things under man. For in that He put all in subjection. And the Greek word, the commentaries explains, means the entire universe He has put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things under man. Not yet. But all things, the whole universe, will be under man because mankind, if we overcome, the overcomers, are destined to be full sons of God. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he might, by the grace of God, taste death for everyone, for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons, not a few, billions of sons, ultimately, frankly, my friends, and bringing many sons to glory to make the author of their salvation perfect through sufferings. There are going to be many sons of God through the resurrection from the dead, and Christ was the firstborn of many brethren. Again, my friends, this entire subject is fully covered in one of the most powerful and meaningful booklets we've ever published. This booklet is entitled, Your Ultimate Destiny. This booklet will be sent absolutely free upon your request. So call us. Call us or write us immediately. Pick up the phone right now and request your free copy, totally free, Your Ultimate Destiny. Call now and request this booklet entitled Your Ultimate Destiny. You can also order the booklet on our website at tomorrowsworld.org.
0: Finally, my friends, examine
1: yourselves. Do you really believe what the Bible actually says? Will you be willing to truly believe what Jesus Christ clearly indicated in his final prayer to God? Notice John 17. Please turn in your Bible to John chapter 17, one of the most magnificent parts of the entire Bible. This is the real Lord's Prayer. This is the only complete prayer of Jesus in the Bible. Turn to John chapter 17, the prayer he gave just before he died for our sins. John 17, verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. He said in verse 4, I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Here's the one whom God used to create the earth, as it says in Ephesians 3, 9. God created all things through Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. This great God, who was Christ, but had emptied himself, wanted that full glory back that God had given him at the very beginning. And so he says, give me the glory back that you've given me before. He prayed that, and certainly that was God's will. He says about in verse 9, talking of his disciples, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who have given me, that they are yours. But down in verse 20, let's go to verse 20. I wish we could read all this prayer, but there's not time. Read this chapter. Read it carefully, my friends. It's magnificent. Verse 20, He said, I do not pray for these alone. He didn't pray for those disciples alone, just the ones right there. But also for those who will believe in me through their word, that's us, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Now notice verse 22, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they all may be one, just as we are one. Is that clear? Most ministers don't understand that. They will not agree with this. Jesus said, I want my disciples to be fully one as members of the family of God, just as I and the Father are one, just as we are one, and to have the same glory that he himself was to have. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have loved them as you have loved me. God is going to show his ultimate love by making us full sons of God just as Christ is glorified as a full son in the divine kingdom or family of God to rule this earth and ultimately the whole universe as this booklet explains In the soon coming resurrection of the dead, those who really surrender to God are going to be the overcomers. And they will be made full sons in the very family of God. They will join Christ in ruling this entire earth, later the entire universe. We will be able, my friends, to go from planet to planet People have always wanted to conquer space. We won't conquer space in this physical life. That's ridiculous. We could just get out a tiny bit away from this earth compared to the whole universe. But we will then. We will be made members of the God family. We will be able to go from planet to planet to help the Father and Christ plan other programs and other parts of this vast universe. We will be able, my friends, to travel not at the speed of sound, but at the speed of thought. We'll be there instantly like God himself. For God intends to make us his full sons. We need to grasp that fact. We're really going to be full sons of God. Not like, you know, cows or horses down here. We'll be sons of God. This is staggering when you understand the real implications of it. And yet this explanation has been right there in your Bible all the time. So let's all get down on our knees and thank God for our lives, for our calling and for the magnificent purpose for which God has created us in His image. Again, call us or write us for this inspiring booklet, and it is truly inspiring, my friends, entitled Your Ultimate Destiny. There's no other booklet like this on earth. Call or write now and request it. Learn to surrender your lives to the great creator of the universe, my friends. Do your part to become His full sons in the resurrection, and tune in every week to Tomorrow's World program. On this program, you will gain precious information and insights available nowhere else, as you know. Richard Ames and I will give you understanding of current events and exciting prophecies of Tomorrow's World. We also invite you to join our fellow presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King. They will give you special perspectives and insight on vital biblical topics. So be sure to join us again next week right here at this same time. See you here next week.
0: To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.